Well, hello and welcome to episode 24 of uh, We Have Such Films to Show You, uh, the, the show that I still have to pause and think about the name of, even though we've been doing it for... Uh, Almost a year. Yeah, just... Yeah, we're Our, right I, up, I think... We? I think I actually have it marked in my calendar. I think it is it the, is the next podcast the anniversary one. It is. It is yes. the next podcast will be a solid year. Very exciting. Coming right up on uh, on on tax day extravaganza. I guess. Do, oh fuck! Is there a, is there a, is there a tax related horror film we could do? Uh, it occurs um, to me that we could have done Leprechaun for St. Patty's Day. Uh, yeah, and then we did not. Although, if we really dedicated ourselves to doing like thematic horror movies every time, we'd never do another good horror movie again. Uh, it's true. I Although, I mean, I don't know. For the next one, we can do a Passover-related horror movie. Ooh, are there really any of those? I mean, I guess I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you could watch some like Christian eschatology while believing that you are going to go to hell for being a non-believer. But that's not just a movie about a golem. Yeah, I mean, it's work. Jewish enough. Yeah. Fantastic Four, that's got a golem in it. It's, uh, right? You know, the, the big the big stone guy? The thing? He Human Torch? Like a, no, no, no. Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one. Yes, he's a golem. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Do you say golem? <laughs> I say golem. Uh, but see, I learned, I learned the word by reading it uh, in uh, Dragon warrior every I, I think everybody did and yeah. people pronounce it either golem or golem and everybody is convinced the way they pronounce it is correct and yeah. they will fight to the death over it I, i'm wholly i've unconvinced. killed many men i suspect it should be golem and I, I suspect that if i was uh more in touch with the 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 jewish aspect of my heritage i'd know like a little bit more about actual phonetics of, of hebrew and shit but uh but no i just say golem but yeah. I, I also i also say dragon and and that, As opposed to Dragon. Well, Dragon, I guess, is what some people say. But I, I say... It's Dragoon. Dragoon, yeah, that's right. Right, with the two O's. Most people forget the second O. Um, that People's attention to detail is so bad that they not only forgot the second O, but also started thinking it was giant, flying, fire-breathing things instead of just soldiers. Is a weird sort of multi-layer folk etymology thing going on there with... Yep. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it's been 24 episodes? Uh, yes, we're, so so we're talking about Friday the 13th, Part 4, uh, yes. this episode, uh, which, uh, um, if you're not if aware, you, is the fourth Friday the 13th movie. It's also Friday the 13th, the final chapter, yes, which it were, also isn't. Yes, yes. <laughs> Clearly there were no more Friday the 13th movies after this. Everything else is just a dream being had by an overdosing Vietnam veteran on a cot. Um, you know, I watched this whole movie thinking the wrong guy was Corey Feldman. Yeah, who did you think was Corey yeah, Feldman? I, I thought it was Ted. Who was? Which one was Ted? I watched uh, this. T- <laughs> Ted was the one who couldn't get laid. Oh, he was the dead fuck. No, no, that that's Crispin Glover. Oh, okay, oh, okay. So he was the other one who couldn't get laid. Yes. Okay. Who the 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 one who was mocking Crispin Chris, Glover got laid. Yes. No. I, I I was surprised that you wouldn't know who Crispin Glover was. So I, I, I'm 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 much more at peace now. I was I had a moment of I don't know what's going on with this conversation because I 
couldn't believe that would be a point of confusion. So, yes, uh, I should say I watched this originally, and 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 thank you for the patience for all the people who were wondering where this episode was two weeks ago, and then last week uh, life gets in the way. But uh, but I watched this in preparation for the original recording date two weeks ago, and I had to like rent it on Amazon because the movie store, the video store that has been serving me very well up to this point in this process when we've gone off Netflix with our selections, uh, they did not have this Friday the 13th movie. They had every other movie. (laughs) They even had clearly a box set of like the first eight (laughs) movies as one and two, three and four, five, six, seven, eight on four different mini skinny discs. Uh, But they did not have four by itself and they did not have the three and four part of the four Container. So there was a lacuna series. in their Friday the Thirteenth yes, collection. Exactly. It's like, and and I didn't ask to clarify. Like I didn't. The guy, the guy I was talking to. I, I stopped by on a whim, and the guy was clearly kind of busy. And I because it's uh, at the this, video store. The video store. The this is Video Rama is a, a video franchise in Portland. I don't know if it's anywhere else at all. Uh, but in Portland, uh, every Video Rama is also a West Coast Fitness. And they, they share an entrance, and then, you know, you wander to the left, and there's, you know, DVDs, and you wander to the right, and there's treadmills and whatnot. And so, if if the fitness side is busy, then the video store is actually busy in terms of not being super available to bullshit about movies. And everyone's while it's like that, and so there's one guy manning both counters, and some people were trying to figure some shit out with their workout or whatever. I guess people exercise is a thing that happens sometimes. And and so I didn't want to get into it with him, but I was like, hey, yeah, do you have this? And he looked it up, and he's like, no, we've got uh, names, all the other ones I saw on the shelf. And I didn't, I, I, I kind of wanted to say, can you clarify whether you have it at all, or you just, like, don't have it, or if it's checked out? Because I don't care, it's, it's not a big deal, but I really want to know whether you somehow ended up with one and two and five and six and seven and eight and just declined to buy the three and four <laughs> part of that box set. Or if you're just giving me the shorthand for no, we don't have it in, because that would be fascinating if that were the case. Maybe someone kept it. They loved that one so much that they decided to just rip off the video store and you know take the credit hit and never go back or something. Um, this is to say, I watched, <coughs> I watched this on uh, Amazon or some shit. You know, I actually rented it and I paid you know the mm-hmm. the four dollars to rent it for forty eight hours, and I wasn't going to do that again. So. Oh, you rented the HD version, okay? Yeah, which I'm not sure I got anything out of that. I was like, am, is, did someone actually go back and like do a high quality transfer of this to get better than DVD quality that I'm getting for my extra dollar here? And I figured probably not. Probably not. How long but, was the cut you watched? Uh, I don't know, hour and a half ish. Oh well, was it okay? So that, so uh, <laughs> I was going to ask whether it was ninety-one minutes or ninety-seven minutes, because um, apparently there's a ninety-seven-minute cut of it that I wasn't able to track down, and so now now I have no idea whether. Um, I'm guessing I saw the shorter of two cuts. If there's a slightly longer, slightly harder to find cut, because there were a couple moments in this cut that I watched where I felt like, yeah, but where's the murder? Yeah, that's. I, I felt like that a lot as well. So I think this is the one time we actually both watched the uh, the, <laughs> the, the rated page. cut. Yes, or the the not unrated cut. Yeah. Well, um, you know, that's, that's, that's six that's minutes. Something. That's a lot of footage too. It's a. Uh, yeah. Well, and and it, it, it both is and isn't. I guess. 
I mean, I don't feel like I don't feel like there was a decisive six minutes missing from this movie. So I kind of wonder if it's what's missing is mostly just like you know some more gore or something. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I was hoping this movie would be a lot gorier because the way you know what what I watched sounded a lot like the cut of uh, My Bloody Valentine that you watched. Yeah, yeah. Like people totally died in this, but there wasn't a ton of close yeah. up on it. I mean, <laughs> again, I say based on like watching it three weeks ago and and, and uh, not being super taken with it. I gotta say, mm-hmm. um, like it wasn't. I, it, yeah, it, I don't know if I made thing. a mistake having us watch because I mean uh, I I think you know we because we surveyed the the Facebook group and uh, this was one of the ones mentioned and I wanted to do this one because in the first one Jason's not even in the first one yeah but basically he's it, actually know, in this one as much as he's in the first one because we get a flashback to the scene of him plus artists yeah. renderings of him that were never in the first one and. Yeah, I, I, who, I see, I, that, that's when I was just like, I should have seen the other ones because was anybody actually alive enough to give those things? In principle, anyway. the last girl from the first one, she has an encounter with him but lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so is, she is could that in theory the sister have described of it. the of the of, of the creepy drifter who yeah yeah who isn't creepy okay. Yeah. Um, but we get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So. Hang on. Wait. Where was I with this? Oh, yeah. So he's not in the first one. In the second one, he doesn't have the hockey mask. And then there's the third one, which I was just like, mm, maybe, you know, maybe they're not totally with it yet. And I was just like, let's go with the fourth one. And because, you know, hey, it's got Crispin Glover in it, too. And um, and it's also got, uh, you know, Corey Feldman, who yeah, I, he, he's before my time, not because I was too young, but because I wasn't in the country yet, basically. And by the time I was both in America and cognizant of film, I think his he had, you know, he had faded into semi obscurity by that point. Yeah. Um, so that's why I thought the whole time that was Ted. And I was just like, why does this actor have a career and how? <laughs> um, and it turns out he doesn't, uh, which is good because that character was terrible. Yeah. Um, I want to say that's like, it's like kind of, I, I, I have this theory that is not very well tested, but I, I, I had this mm-hmm. reaction when I watched uh, Fright Night. That's the one with Humperdinck in it, right? As the vampire who moves in next door. Uh, you know this one? I, I, I'm just gonna have to look it up. But anyway, I mean, it, it, it popped up on. There was. A, are you talking about the old one or the new one? The old one. The old one. Yeah, that popped up on Netflix recently. Um, with uh, wait, who's in this? Oh, uh, Chris Randall. Chris Arandon, uh Oh, is, okay. Is Prince Humperdinck? Uh, he'll, he I mean, he's he's a great actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but uh, I, I he'll always be crit. You know. Prince Humperdinck for me because I watched Princess Bride like a million times as a kid, and uh, but it's also it's it's got uh, Marcy Darcy in it, uh, oh. Amanda, Amanda Bierce, and yeah, Roddy oh. McDowell's in there, and uh, but there's a there's a character in there, uh, Stephen Jeffries as Evil Ed, which is funny because he doesn't start out as evil; he's just sort of like the the spazzy character, and then he gets like corrupted, I guess, by uh, the darkness of the dude next door. Um, but the interesting thing is he's like he's what I think of as sort of like the the eighties spaz character who who I feel like just sort of went away uh after the eighties. Like like not completely the trope of sort of the, the goofball or the the weird energetic manic friends has stuck around in some iterations. But I feel like uh-huh. in, in in like the the early eighties, maybe just all through the eighties really, you kinda had this 
room for this character who was just legitimately uh, I wish I had a better word for this than spaz because I, I have learned in in the last several years that that actually carries a, a lot uh, sort of shittier of a connotation uh, I guess in the UK than it does yeah, in America yeah, they, uh... but 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 you know really manic really uh, you know hyperactive aggressively weird aggressively bouncing off the walls sort of character uh, who was just sort of there and would would usually get in get into trouble of some sort uh and, and and so Evil Ed was sort of that. I don't really remember where I was. Oh, okay. So Ted, Ted in the movie we're actually discussing in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, uh, a little bit of that. Although he's sort of like it's toned down. He's sort of like a a manic slash hornball combination. But but either way, it's a, it's a weird thing that I feel like you don't see that so much in in contemporary. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, you don't get that character anymore. Yeah. And you don't get the, um, I mean, the, the Crispin Glover's character too, like the, um, like the, the, the socially awkward, like really socially awkward, but kind of good, but also kind of skeezy character. You don't get those guys anymore or any, anymore either. Like the, and, and they were, you know, I, I think it might've been just like the, the whole thing about the eighties where it's just like, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, no, we're totally fine with sex completely now. Um, so let's just have it everywhere. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, Hey, stupid kids, you know, do stupid things. But at the same time, you want to make them relatable. You, you don't, you don't get that combination a lot anymore of the, you know, kind of creepy, but at the same time, you know, like he's clearly not a bad guy. Yeah. Sort of characters where like Ted was, you know, almost like to the bone like you know creepy and 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 off-putting um where whereas uh what's his name jim it's christian glover's character jim sure right? let's just call yeah, him christian glover jimbo <laughs> yeah jimmy jimmy mortimer uh really uh, according according to the thing i'm reading are you reading fan fiction yes uh no oh, okay. I, imdb apparently his name is jimmy mortimer in the film <laughs> is christian glover's character which is funny several of the characters have last names several don't like most yeah. most of the kids who get murdered no last name just doug sarah ted tina terry uh samantha but 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 jimmy mortimer has a last name and the jarvis family all have names i guess trish and tommy and mrs i guess it's Miss, yeah mrs <laughs> you know there was a thing in the beginning of the movie where um where like the first scene with Mrs. Jarvis and um, Trish, where she's like, you know, did you talk to your dad? And she's just like, yeah, you know, he wants me to come visit him. And she's like, did he tell you to pick a number? And they both laugh. I what? I don't know. <laughs> did you did you even catch that? I I, I did not. I, I, or I don't remember catching it. Maybe I was so taken by other things in the film later or something. Yeah. Nope. I can't help you there. Sorry. <laughs> oh well. Shit. <laughs> um. Tom Savini uh, did the special effects in this movie. Yes, so that's something going for it. Yeah, and his entire workshop made up Tommy Jarvis's room <laughs> because I guess they fe- they 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 just they were just like we have to <laughs> characterize this kid somehow, but we got nothing. We're shooting tomorrow. Fuck Tom, can we just use a bunch of your props that are from yeah. other movies? Yeah, what the hell? Just throw them in there. Yeah, and we'll just pretend a uh, you know a ten year old boy living in the country uh, is. Like okay, so this is this is an argument I can make for this movie is this film is actually slyly some sort of alternate universe Tom Savini origin story. Like this is everything else that happens in the movie, whatever. But the point is, this little kid Corey Feldman 
is Tom Savini, and this is what happened to Tom Savini that uh, that made him who he became this this obsessive uh, makeup artist extraordinaire because he was trying to process the trauma of experiencing being stalked by an actual axe murderer in the woods and a bunch of kids being killed and whatnot. So if you yeah, if you do the whole film through that lens, that Tom Savini is Corey Feldman. This is his origin story. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I can I can see that. No, I can't. <laughs> um, you know, let's just take this from the top. Um, so the movie opens with previously on Friday the Thirteenth, which was completely. <laughs> um, you know, it was. I I don't understand why they did that because it related absolutely nothing about the plot. Like, unless you know what happened in those previous movies, it was just basically like you know Jason's greatest hits. Yep. Where it's just you know here's a bunch of people that died in the previous movies, um, which I, I I think sort of screws up the tension for one thing because you know you're always waiting for that first murder, but then you just get like a barrage of murders. Um, and, and then, you know, the movie starts. I, I think that's, that's kind of like, who was that for? Who was, who was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow the plot of Friday the 13th part four, unless I get a bunch of unrelated the scenes from Friday really, the 13th parts one through three. I really need some context for the milieu of this film. I really, I need to, I need to have a, a grounding in the, the sense of the space, the narrative, you know, uh, aesthetic of the whole thing. Otherwise I can't properly enjoy the murders. Uh, is what I'm going to imagine was being thought. It seems. Yeah, awesome. I. And then, um, oh, you know, you know, we, you know, what we got to see in this movie. You don't see in a lot of movies. Um, the model of ambulance that becomes the Ecto One in Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, I yeah, did not, I, the, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was like the it was like the sort of hearse shaped flat top ambulance. That I always assumed like, Ecto One was in fact a hearse. It a common misconception. Yeah, this I I've learned a thing. Okay, this movie was worth it now. Sort of like um, the, yeah, it's like the El Camino get, of ambulances. Yeah, it's like just yeah, basically. And then you get the uh, the the surly um, ambulance drivers are like, hey, what do you want? Where do you need it? They're just like you know they're in there. Ten of them. It's like what do you, what do they need? It's like oh, they're all dead. And one guy turns to the other, they're all dead. Some emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not get paid if they if the if the people die? Is that how is that how being an ambulance driver works? Um, you only get paid if you save yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you you commission only for those who are alive at the time that you arrive on the scene. Hmm. Uh, that that seems uh doesn't and, seem like a very fair system. A, a, ambulance uh, EMTs have been known to invent dialogues. Yeah, most most of most of the dying dialogue that you see in TV and movies that's mm-hmm. that's awkward and stilted and unbelievable. It's like this is not what that's not what you'd be doing when you're dying. You'd be choking to death on your own blood. Is what you'd be doing. You you wouldn't be having this. But but all of that is actually adapted from actual transcripts of uh, statements by EMTs in order to get their commissions. They just they're not very good writers. You know, generally speaking, I mean, I'm sure there's been good writers who were EMTs, but most of them, they write pretty hammy dialogue. Oh, yeah, no, I, I came across him and he, he, he held his arm out to me and he said, tell my wife I love her. And I said, she knows. He's like, uh, if only I had one more day. And then he died. Uh, so I like my $500 now. And that's basically how we're and that just gets repurposed straight to Hollywood because uh, it's cheaper to, you know. Uh, it's faster, certainly, to, to just acquire that secondhand goods than to hire an original screenwriter. Are, are you sure you should be saying all this? You, uh, you really shouldn't be pissing off big ambulance. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not afraid of the scene anymore. 
Um, it's, you know. I mean, it's a really big ambulance. Hey, I, I know, I know that Ecto One wasn't a hearse, so I'm, I'm basically on the in. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm untouchable. Uh, <laughs> By EMTs, which is why you died. You know, actually, let me let me ask you a question. You said the film starts with the previously on, but but to be clear, when I watched it, it started with the previously on as narrated through the lens of a campfire ghost story. Yeah, yeah, it was the it was the framing device to the pre credit scene. Yeah, that that framing device made zero sense. Yeah, yeah. Question: Were any of the people in that scene in the movie later? I don't think so. I feel like it was a completely different cast of teens. Yeah, was I mean maybe it was from like a previous movie, and you know, because none of this movie actually takes place at like Camp Crystal Lake, as in the camp. You know, it's it's it just takes place in you know some like two houses in the woods that are next to each other. Yeah, it's in the vicinity. Um, yeah, and and yeah, so yeah, there's this. Yeah, it's a camp counselor telling a bunch of kids what happened on this one Friday the 13th, because that's the name of the movie. Um, and, you know, it goes through, like, it goes through a bunch of flashback stuff. It ends with, like, the very last scene, I assume what is the very last scene of Friday the 13th Part 3, which is Jason getting chopped in the head with a machete. He drops, and then we get the ambulances, and everything comes in, and that's where this movie starts. But then that, nothing actually happens with the framing device that opens the movie. Yeah, the campfire just goes away. Maybe there's yeah. a cast of Camp uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, yeah. and they were actually planning so far ahead of subverting their own subtitle of this film that they actually cast and written and started principal filming on the next one before they finish this one. And it's like, yeah, let's just let's, let's throw it on. It'll be a nice callback. It'll blow people's minds. That's not what happened, I'm sure. But what if it was? Then, then the EMTs would be all over it. Now we're the assholes. Yep. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, like like the whole campfire ghost story thing didn't end with a ha ha, <laughs> just scaring you guys, blah 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 sort of moment, or really any other sort of uh, ending. It didn't it just end. Sort of, yeah, just there was like, no ending to it. It just went straight from yeah. It's like okay, nope. Let's just cut to uh, the final chapter uh, as a subtitle. It explodes Jason's bloody hockey mask. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe it was in the previous movie, and those are like the ten kids that got killed. Maybe, maybe. Eh. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is it looked like the 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 D on the the word Dodge on the front of the the van or car or whatever that pulls up uh, is it was missing the the first D. So instead of Dodge, <laughs> it says Odge, but the O and the D. You know, it's a very squarish font. Stylized mm-hmm. that Dodge font, so it, it almost looked like it said Dog, uh, <laughs> which would have been an amazingly prescient bit of uh, horror filmmaking. Yeah. Wow, violent. Um. Oh, so the credits. So in the credits, we get Jason's mask, you know, slowly panning into the screen like one of those 1930s twirling newspapers. <laughs> And it comes in, and there's an explosion, and the words Friday the 13th, the final chapter, or possibly just final chapter, come flying into the screen, and then it's just black and white credits. And I thought that was that was just very, very um, eh, 80s, I guess, but, but there was just something about that like totally unnecessary explosion. I feel like they were uh, saying, that- we're really serious, guys. This is yeah. really the last one. We're blowing up the hockey mask. That's how the last one this one is. Yep. That's and they did not There was no explosions in this movie. I was disappointed. Yeah, there really wasn't, I guess. 
Was there a fire? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Um, there was well, there was an exploding monitor. Oh, there was. But that. other than that, yeah. there was no. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was I, any. Uh, I want to return to for for a moment to the 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 nature of us having picked this one in the middle, and it's an interesting thing because I feel like. Uh, and I was talking to my wife about this morning uh, about how my take on the coming away from the movie was like uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't terrible, and it was in a sense, unfortunately, not terrible in an interesting way. Uh, but it was like it was, it was very. It felt like like the platonic ideal of a unimpressive slasher movie from from you know the early mid eighties. Like it really it hit all the buttons. It just didn't do anything particularly interesting with them. Uh, but but I'm we're coming at this. I've I've certainly seen the original two Friday the 13th. I've seen the first one a few times. Uh, I've seen a couple of the later ones. So I'm, I'm familiar with the franchise, but I, I haven't like been devoted to it. I haven't paid close attention. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happens in three at all, other than the part we presumably saw a little bit of. Uh, so like there, there wasn't a whole lot for me to latch onto in the little details of this, the way I might have, say, latched for dear life onto something to be interested in in Hellraiser 7, say. Right. Um, and, and I do kind of wonder, like, like the lack of a sense of the context and, and the arc of the narrative. Like, I can't even take things from 3 and 5 and try and patch this in the middle. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's a little bit more challenging to find something uh, to chew into. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad we didn't do 1 because I've yeah. seen it a few times and it's, it is sort of weirdly off uh, from the rest of what the franchise became in, in terms of who the characters are, so yeah, it's um, yeah. I didn't really have any much of an interest in seeing one or, or really two for that matter. I was I was basically just trying to figure out between this and three, and somebody actually voted for this one, <laughs> which is you know good enough. Uh, yeah. we were indecisive. Uh, I, I yeah, you people pick which one of these fifteen movies we'll watch. That that won't turn out with a different with everybody voting for a different one. I, um, I I, I want to say I feel like I feel like we could. There's an argument he made that, that that looking at this film structurally, I feel like it does feel like to some extent it's a series of unconnected set pieces is one of its defining features because we talked mm-hmm. about the campfire thing, which mm-hmm. apparently goes nowhere, and then we get this ambulance thing, which eventually th- this this runs for I don't know twenty minutes of the movie, maybe fifteen minutes. We go from this ambulance thing to go back to the hospital, and then we end up with some dead uh, like morgue. Like, like like a I don't know mortician technician and a a, a nurse uh, end up dead, but then that's basically it for the hospital. And then we're off into the woods where we've got all these kids and and then there's a whole house full of kids and it feels like they're trying to set up some sort of like okay who's going to be the one who doesn't get picked off here. But then they right. murder all of the kids in the house. Like everybody in the house full of kids on vacation dies, and then we're left with sort of this subcast of the girl who lives out there and her little brother and yeah they sort of telegraph the last girl from like a mile away in this one yeah it's it's interesting because like like instead of her being the one in the group of friends who is you know somehow Mm. picked out of the dynamic she's literally Mm -hmm. outside the circle of people so the fact that the entire circle gets killed isn't so weird but at the same time it does feel yeah it feels sort of weird and conspicuous yeah, and I mean, she's, and like, you know, she's set up as, I don't want to say prudish, because that's not it, just as, 
not wanting to have sex with a bunch of strangers, basically. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, and then, you know, she lives. And everybody else, you know, except for, uh, except for uh, Ted, you know, you know, does, does something of the of a sexual nature. And Ted just gets really drunk and high and watches porno. So, yep. I mean, hey, that's, that's reason enough to die in a horror movie, I, I guess. Well, and that's an interesting thing. I want to say uh, another exception there is uh, there's the twins, uh, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, cute twins show up, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's that, that's all tropish in its own right. But, but one mm-hmm. of the twins ends up like really macking and the other one doesn't really end up getting busy with anybody. In fact, she's well, not, stu- it, it, yeah, not from her own, it, 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 she tried. Yeah. She tried and failed. And I, I, I guess that counts if we're going to make the argument that like, you know, premarital sex means murder. Um, but at the same time, it is interesting that she, she didn't actually successfully get into anything. Like I, she, she may have kissed someone a little bit. I don't remember if it went well, that she far. Was, she was slow dancing with, um, Doug. One of the guy who was, who was, who was dating the, 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 the brunette that got stabbed in the boat or the rafter. Oh, right. The, the, thing. the, the inexplicably, apparently hugely like, like, like the alpha male kind of seemed like his role in dynamic, even though he didn't come off. He, he was like a yeah. young Jerry Seinfeld that all the women wanted and all the men wanted to be, I guess in this weird little group of, I mean, I guess Has if it's Chris, Brin- Jerry Seinfeld ever, <laughs> sometimes I doubt even Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, he was supposed to, he was, I mean, there was, okay, so there's, so th- yeah, there, there's Doug who is with Sarah, there's Ted who is trying to get with Samantha, and then there's Tina and Terry, and it was, I think it's, I think it's Tina hooks up with Jimmy, and Terry tries to hook up with Doug, but then he's just like, oh, I can't do this, I gotta go chase, um... Sarah, this is like a fucking Dawson's <laughs> Creek recap. It Jesus is. Christ. Um, anyway, yeah. So I, I think it's the intent to get laid that 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 kills both Tina slash Terry and Ted, because they both really wanted to get it on, but they they couldn't with the person they wanted to get it on with. So it t- ends up not happening. But you know that's that's close enough for Jason right now. I guess, and you know, it's like that's that's a that's a thing. I want to. I feel like it's it's such an obvious sort of pattern in these, and and there's a certain amount of like actual narrative justification for it in the case of this actual franchise because that's mm-hmm. that's whole Jason's whole backstory is like he drowned in Crystal Lake while at Camp Crystal Lake because uh, inattentive counselors were running around playing grab ass and and trying to get laid instead of keeping an eye out for him to make sure that he doesn't, you know, drown. Cause I guess he can't swim and he's out on the lake alone. And so his mom is so angry. She goes and, you know, kills counselors at cramp crystal Lake as vengeance yeah. for, uh, other counselors having had sex. So yeah, she's, so there's like, there's, the, there's at least a through line there to the idea that Jason would be, I guess, incensed by teens having sex. Although, even then it's 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 hard to figure out how he gets that motivation because he was dead in a pond it's not i i don't i, I don't feel like he was like you know in the process of dying and some people paddled by on a canoe said oh hey there little buddy you should keep drowning we're having sex you know it's like i don't think he was particularly aware of sex going on while he was drowning and his mom 
clearly put this together, or at least this became her psychotic fantasy. You know, it's hard to say for sure if that mm-hmm. actually even really happened. Although maybe they had flashbacks in the first film. I don't know. Um, but then Jason comes out of the lake at the end of the first one and he goes on a rampage. How did he pick this up? How did he get so on board with this specific ideological notion? Like, did he just well, absorb he... the emotional trauma of the whole campsite somehow when he crawled out of the lake? It... Maybe he's uh, he, he's like the avatar of 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 killing teenagers that want to get laid or, or, or something like that. Oh, he's... So, uh, some sort of golem, if you will. Yes, like, like, yeah, exactly. So it, it's a mistake to think of him as actually Jason Voorhees. Uh, he's actually just a manifestation built from the tissue of Jason Voorhees, but empowered by some metaphysical spirit of vengeance, some sort of uh, yeah. punishing force. It's basically Swamp Thing all over yeah, again. Everything yeah, exactly. goes well, back Alan, to Swamp Thing. Alan, Alan Moore Swamp Thing, yeah. Alan Moore Swamp Thing, as we've yeah. discussed on the yeah, podcast previously. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I could, I, I guess I could buy, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, on the one hand, do I really want to make this much effort to justify, uh, this franchise, but on the other hand, Hey, why not? We're talking about it. So yes, I, I, I think, I, I think I can get behind the sort of avatar spirit of vengeance thing as maybe a decent explanation for why he's so durable rather than just, Oh, it, cause it's a monster. Now let's show some. Yeah. I think this is sex. before this is cause at some point he's straight up like rises from the dead at this point he's just had you know some like heavy bodily injury but nothing really like just you know totally like destroy him and i i don't think he's he or at this point he's only like quasi supernatural eventually he becomes like you know a supernatural like monster monster but it's not yet right now he's still like sort of a zombie type of thing where he's raised from the dead, but he's still got, you know, a lot of uh, vulnerabilities. And, um, you know, we're not even sure if he ever straight up died yet. He seemed, he seemed pretty dead in the, in the start of this one, though. You know, it's, it, that's one of those things, well, yeah, maybe he was just in a profound comatose state temporarily that made him appear to be dead and not have any vital signs. And then, then he got better. But uh, I, feel like, I feel like we're already... Mm-hmm. well into pretty supernatural territory. Because in one of the future movies, there's a point, because, I mean, Tommy Jarvis comes back for the next two movies, and I think there's a point at which they drown him, and he just ends up alive at the bottom of the lake. Like, not, clearly not dead. To, to be clear, and then, Tommy Jarvis mm-hmm. comes back. Does Tommy Jarvis actually become the new monster? Or is he just this weird I kid? Think so. I think so. He accidentally raises Jason from the dead once. <laughs> And then I think he also becomes the monster. It's I. Mm, I should probably have read that a little. No, I shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I, I think he 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 almost definitely kills somebody because he's become possessed with Jason. But Jason, Jason is also still around, and he's hunting him because he's gone crazy. Well, like, this right, is okay. this is this movie is basically Tommy Jarvis's origin story, did, did they, which is did they get did they get Corey Feldman to come back as older Tommy Jarvis? I don't think so. I guess if they made the new ones soon enough, and they didn't want it to be little Corey Feldman, they'd have to recast yeah. it, huh? No, John Shepard was in the next one, which is a new beginning, and then Jason Lives. It was Tom Matthews. Okay. So, you know, and and we know those names from nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to talk about about a couple more things from the actual beginning. One is that 
subverting the the black guy gets killed move uh possibly the only black person in this movie uh which is you know not great but uh there's this black lady emt and she just clearly knows the score and she's like i am not fucking touching this dude like in every manner of ruby so go you for knowing the score uh but there's also there's a corpse cam shot when they get to the hospital so they they take jason's body to the hospital and they're wheeling it along on a gurney and so we get a camera mounted on the gurney facing towards his feet and so we get this weird sort of uh gurney steady cam sort of thing wheeling him along as people do some walk and talk and whatnot and establish that this certainly is a hospital that this scene is taking place in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just comes to a stop and we keep the camera on the gurney and the shot just goes totally static as the creepy Axel dude uh, jokes about thinking some dead girl is cute. Yeah. The, um, the, 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 the creepy morgue attendant who turns into like the creepy sexy morgue attendant. Yeah, again, what the hell was that? (laughs) It's it's the Jerry Seinfeld alpha male thing again. It's like there's just like a the the the, the, I almost want to say it's in a weird way. I have literally no idea what we're supposed to think about that character. Yeah, I don't know. Like he seems he's supposed to be a total creep, but at the same time, we're totally supposed to think that you know this girl kind of likes him too. Like clearly, they've got an established romantic and sexual relationship. Uh even though she also seems to appropriately think that he's a total gross dick ass. And I guess maybe if you work nights and it's a quiet hospital, you, you just make do, but it's, it's a weird, complicated dynamic where it's not clear why she asks her if she has the curse. Did I hear that correctly? Uh, maybe. Because she's turning him down. He's just like, what, you got the curse? And ah, she's like, if I do, it's you. I, 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 I may have, I may have totally not caught that. Uh, like all of the any wittiness in dialogue in this movie was just between the two of them. <laughs> then they were out. Well, that's because Can you tell me where you're going. I'm going crazy. That's where I'm going. <laughs> yes, that one I noted. I like that. I here's here's the thing. Okay, so neither of them were EMTs, so the dialogue's better. Because yeah. cast that, that's the thing I did mention earlier with the EMT thing is also if you have a film in which an EMT is a character, uh, the EMT union requires that you hire an actual EMT and they get to write their own dialogue, uh, which is why that's pretty stilted too. Um, so it sort of comes full circle. Seriously. You know, I, I I don't know why that I, I don't know why they merged with the EMT union, but, uh, you know, what do you do? I'm not in the business. Um, (laughs) this will be the episode where I tell the most lies of any episode that I can think of. (laughs) Uh, also yelling Jesus Christmas. I, I enjoy Jesus. Oh Christmas. no, no! I, I have the full the full thing. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, holy Jesus! Goddamn Christmas shit! It's a good. No, line. I'm sorry. Holy Jesus! Jumping Christmas shit. That that's his last line after just variations on it. That was the uh, that that was the, that was the, that was his best one. Yep. Uh, it was holy Jesus jumping Christmas shit. He, he was workshopping it, you know. Yeah. Uh, he wants to get into also, EMT. Also, where, where is this movie taking place? That there is a almost softcore pornography channel on on network television. I was not, I my theory my my, my theory thought, is that was mm-hmm. the channel the VCR was hooked up to. That's I, I think he just had a weirdly softcore workout tape in a VCR, and she was just switching around the TV 
and one of the channels was Channel 3 that that was playing back on. That's Do you think my, that was actually a thing you could buy in the 80s? Or I don't know. Do you think know. they recorded that for this movie? I, I, because I, if you haven't seen it, it's basically just a bunch of very, very 80s women with very 80s hair and makeup in... Um, what, what do you like call those one leotards, piece workout? Unitards, Le- yeah. Unitards? Yeah, little little Leo- little Le- leotard, yeah. leotard I think. Um, one of those things. Anyway, and they're just basically like um the the first time you see him she's basically just waving her arms in the air and running like you know just turning in a circle with just the saddest look on her face of I don't want to be doing this. And then there's a bunch of women and they're I mean, you know, they're I, I, they're twerking basically. It's it's you know, it, it was it was proto twerking from the 80s. Um it's like but they all have like their asses sort of you know, like in a circle, it's like some sort of horrible, like Busby Berkeley musical thing, but with, <laughs> yeah. And, and none of it is remotely hot. It's, it, it just looks, it, it looks exhausting and sad. Yeah, it, it, it feels to be either, it fails to be either like sexy <laughs> or a workout video, despite yeah. being clearly intended to be some sort of sexy workout video situation. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's really, ah, I kind of, I want to see that, film just like someone find that that piece of film and just start inserting into new movies like that should be the new <laughs> Wilhelm screen it's just that on a monitor in the oh, background man, the, for three seconds in Hellraiser 2 when she's watching the flower channel it just replaced the flower channel with the uh, <laughs> with the dancing 80s lady channel yeah, I think it'd be good also uh, you know what I realized um, I don't think I have ever seen television news where they had somebody as a guest in the television studio because they had like the, the 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 local sheriff or just like what you know well a police guy talking about the murders like on the news in the studio i've never seen that yeah i don't know that i have either it seems like you just go to the go to the field or go to audio yeah like who has that kind of time apparently that sheriff like he didn't have much else going i was like yeah murder but it's gonna take a while to solve this one so why don't i do a i'll, I'll do a news spot yeah. you know and then Axel gets his head cut off with a hacksaw. Was it? I mean, yeah, I, well, it, it, I think what it looked like it was it, it, it was that Jason sawed through his neck with the hacksaw and like one one good saw, and then just twisted his head all the way around because it was already loose. Yeah, but but the, which was a weird move. Well, it was granted, but it's it's quick. It gets the gets the scene done. You know, Jason's got a lot of murders to go yeah. yet. He doesn't want to dally around but the thing is i i felt like it looked like a hacksaw which is weird because what's a hacksaw doing there and i would think you know maybe a medical saw or something maybe they just keep a hacksaw around because they can't afford better bone saw equipment or something but yeah it was it was odd i wasn't sure also that nerf nurse gets stabbed uh, yeah she gets like she she gets stabbed and pinned to the wall and then he just like cuts down her front as if to split her open we, we don't get to see the results of that which was yeah, which may be part of the last six minutes i don't know what if, but what if this is the long cut? What if it turns out we're just supposing that all the gore got cut out and what in fact happened is they cut out six minutes more of this film for the theatrical release? The um, other cut is just 91 minutes of the kids having a party and, and, and dancing with each other and teenage drama. <laughs> they just got rid That's of all the murder. the other cut of this movie. Yeah, they're just like, you yeah, know, no, it's a... It, it actually starts when, when Doug turns off the good music to put on the slow dancing music and the rest of the movie is just 90 minutes of slow dancing. Yep. <laughs> I want to say, okay, so so the, the hospital's done. Jason's off to the woods to kill stuff, uh, presumably. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we jump to uh, 
Mother the Jarvis house. The Jarvis house. Oh no, we jump. Yeah, where they're 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 jogging in the woods and talking about dad and pick yeah, a number. A blonde mom and blonde daughter running through the woods. Uh, and you know who I thought that mom was, but it turns out she isn't. The landlady from House and the Devil. That's not her. Yeah, uh, I I did not think that. I guess <laughs> it took me a second to catch up. Uh, I don't know. I, well, I mean, white people all look the same. Yeah, me, I so. mean that's that's the main thing. They're, it's a blonde lady. What do you do? Um, and, and the kid Corey Feldman is playing Zaxxon, and not only is he, is. he playing Zaxxon, but it actually gets name checked. His sister actually does, in fact say something about Zaxxon. So I was very happy. I was like, yes. But he does not understand how that game is scored or he's messing with his mom because he's just like, I got 98,000 points. And she's just like, how many robots is that? And he says, 35. And that means 2,800 <laughs> points per robot? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's an escalating thing. You'll have to look it up. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's a PC version, so it may have been... That, uh, what was that? That was, a, that was an Atari computer? Is that what that was? I didn't get a close look. I didn't go back. Uh... So, yeah, I don't know if it was like a Atari. <laughs> Call in or... if you know the name of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's our young Corey Feldman. He's wearing his mask, so we established the whole, you know, being a weirdo and the fact that they're used to him being a weirdo about stuff. And so, you know, and... so why am mask... I describing this? The, so, you know, the mask thing, was that supposed to be... Like, is that supposed to... It, I, I feel like the mask thing might be explaining why Jason didn't freak him out as much as he freaked everybody else out, that he was able to keep his composure. Because he was used to looking at monsters. Yeah, does that... Is that sure. Does that theory make even a little bit of sense? Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, I think the idea that, you know, the, the, the strength and the weakness of our, our young Corey Feldman are tied up in his uh, obsession with the horror because i mean that's that's the thing not spoiler alert let's talk about the end of the movie bobby or or tommy or what's what's his fucking name uh which one who kid (laughs) yeah kid tommy Tommy. which again uh tom savini tommy Uh, Um, i want to track down tom savini and interview him in great detail on this specific point is he still alive yeah he's still alive as far as i know unless he suddenly died He's still alive. Just still looks like a DC supervillain. Yep. Uh, so 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 Tommy Tommy ends up defeating Jason by empathizing with him. He totally he, he's like I understand the nature of this being, and I'm going to try and shock him out of murder action by presenting myself as him. So he he looks at the nice sketch of patchy haired bald little jason from the end of the first movie and he, mm-hmm. he shaves his own hair uh to to have that look and then he goes and confronts jason i think he does something to his eyes too i think maybe he did i don't remember um but anyway the whole point is yeah he uses his amazing makeup sensibilities to go confront jason and get jason to sort of uh slow down uh and, 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 and yeah, so 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 this whole <laughs> I apparently can't speak a sentence. Um, but yeah, the whole point Damn is he, podcast he, good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but yeah, so so the, but the whole point is we get we get this we get this thing mm-hmm. where Tommy uses his clever sense of empathy and his makeup skills to basically confront Jason and and uses that to get away with killing Jason. Um, 
But uh, part of the did Jason spend a lot of time looking in a mirror? I mean, again, we could go back to this as maybe the essence understands the form of the creature originally inhabited to go on its mission of vengeance. But still, like, you know, hey, look at me. I look just like you do. You know, remember when you were dead in that lake and also looking in mirrors a lot? Because it's, yeah. it's... But anyway, yes, it's it's a whole thing where it, it's kind of an interesting move, at least, that they actually set this up as something other than, like, maybe he was going to put on a mask and fool someone uh, you could make an argument for a a, a rich. It was a hell of a gambit. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's certainly better than monster falls off cliff at the end because you step out of the way. Yeah. Also, I have to say, <laughs> I just having I just sucked attempted- five minutes out of our lives there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> having once attempted to shave like somewhat long hair with using nothing but like a face shaver, that kid did a really good job and really fast. I failed halfway through, gave up, and then walked around with basically like a reverse tonsure on my head for <laughs> for for like a week, for a solid week, um, to the extent that somebody was just like, hey, nice hair, man, because I was in college at the time. I'd gone back to school, and then after class, he came up to me. He's just like, hey, look, I, I didn't mean to make fun of you. Somebody mentioned that you might be like sick or something, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I just gave up on shaving my head halfway through. It's cool. No, no, no. So, yeah, good job on that Tommy Jarvis. That was not easy. Did you? Uh, did, I kind of want to know more about this. Like, I, I'm having trouble imagining getting halfway through shaving my head and deciding that stopping is a good idea, no matter how annoying it is. Because it's like you have to. Did, you had to know that, that 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 could not. I mean, did you clean it up? Were you like, well, maybe if no. I do a little? What? No, what I the did hell? Not. <laughs> how long I, did this last? Like, was this just um, the day, and then you went and? No, it was a couple of weeks. Hang on, I, I'm texting. I'm, I'm IMing you a picture so you could describe it to the people. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's, that that. Oh my God, what is wrong with you? Oh, that is amazing. That is. I walked around like that for a week. You're put. You're putting this on the blog, is what you're doing. I. Uh, I am. Wow. Yeah. No. I, I went into a nice restaurant like that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of applaud you. That's. That's that's wow. That's I. I, they should have sent a poet. Uh, I got to say, for me, I would have kept going. I would have said, you know what? This is a pain in the ass, but I'm going to finish. Maybe I'll get a buddy to help out. I don't know. I just I, I think I, I, I don't think I'd be capable of stopping there because I'd just be so, I'd be like, man. I mean, it's not even like the stunt haircut I would want. I, I could see doing like a, a mohawk because I started on one side and like, man, this is a lot of work. How can I cut 40% of the effort off this and just trim up from the other side to match and leave a stripe in the middle. But that just, that, that looks like you had an accident with like an industrial buffer or something. Wow. But you were doing a really good job of shaving it. The, the parts you shaved are shaved really good. It looks like it looks like you really got a nice close shave. So man, you've, 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 you've blown, you've blown my mind. I, uh, See, I had a I had a professional shave my head when I decided to shave my head a couple of years back, and I just said, "Hey, yeah, cut it off," and and that worked okay. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> but wow, yeah, okay. Well, let's just remember we should post our shaved head pics on the, on the blog. Yeah, uh, for this one because uh, <laughs> that's topical. Um, <laughs> should we talk about these gaggle of kids who we've mentioned the Dawson's? Yeah, Creek so. Um they're on that a road trip at a station wagon doing a sing along. Ted and Jimmy was just a thing of beauty because it was terrible. It yeah. was just one of the worst conversations I've ever seen on film. 
And and the only thing that makes it worthwhile is that Crispin Glover was in it and that, that they were just both such weird fucking characters and the conversation was so weird that I was wrapped through the whole conversation. <laughs> like everybody else is is, you know, like everybody is basically like a normal teen except these two. And and Crispin Glover is just he, he's a he's a big old dork. He, he's just a big old dork, but he's an '80s dork, so he's you know he's he's also uh, what do you call it? Horny, as he says, I'm so horny. Yep, was was one of his lines. Um, that that's the line that ended the scene. Actually, there's there's <laughs> <laughs> they, they cut on that line. Anyway, so they're having this conversation about B.J. Betty, um, and how he didn't treat her right. Yep. And then um, Ted is just like, let me put this into my computer and then just starts <laughs> tapping on a case of cores as if it's a computer and looks at it as if, you know, he's actually acting as if he's using a computer. And it's too good to the extent that I was confused. I was like, do they actually have a computer over there? Because the sound of him like tapping on the beer cans could almost sound like shitty keyboard foley. Um, shitty keyboard foley is also my uh, my club name. Um, but anyway, so he's just like, well, it says it right here. You're a dead fuck. And I'm just like, what are you, did you just threaten to kill him? <laughs> and <laughs> and it's a, in a sense, you know, it's, it's a little bit of foreshadowing screenwriting, right? It's like, oh, yeah, but it's, it's a slasher movie. So he may in fact be a dead fuck. And then he's just like, you know, a dead fuck. And then he holds up his hand with his wrist limp. And I'm just like, no, just all sorts of cross signals there. I don't know. <laughs> Neither I nor Crispin Glover know what you're talking about, young man. Um, but then he explains it, you know, that he's just not good in bed. And that's why BJ Betty left him. Um, and yeah, it was just... I'd want to just see a movie following these two guys around because it'd basically be almost Beavis and Butthead the movie. Sort of, sort of, and sort better of a, than the actual Beavis and Butthead movie. A Ted and Jim are dead. <laughs> Commenting on the events of the future, uh, <laughs> of the future movies in the franchise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and then and then like there's a thread throughout the entire movie of Jim being pissed off that Ted keeps referring to him as a dead fuck, which isn't it's not witty or anything, um, and that doesn't get resolved because they both die. Yep. Um, maybe maybe yeah, the six so. minutes missing is actually a six minute long epilogue scene where they're both in heaven with their wings and their harps. But 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 Jim like like Ted keeps going. See, I was right. I was right. You are dead. And Jim's like, oh, I told you stop saying that. And also, it's so peaceful here in heaven. Um, I felt like they were building up to like some sort of confrontation where you know like Jim just slugs him in the face yeah. and he's just like all right all right man whatever you, yeah. you know I was just kidding around that doesn't happen nope um, but Jim gets laid and Ted doesn't so you know that's, <laughs> that's some small consolation yes everybody the- all of the teens in this movie are dressed in weirdly incorrigious ways um, you know like the. Uh, Everybody, every anybody who's wearing not pants, the the thing that they're wearing on their lower body, man or woman, goes up way above their thighs. Oh yeah. So all of the gentlemen in this in in this thing have a collection of of Daisy Duke type shorts. Who wears short shorts? All of them they wear short shorts. shorts. Yes. And I, I, that's something I've never had the guts to do. You know, just have a really just like really cut off pair of shorts like that. I've walked around like you know 
Manhattan not wearing a shirt because it was fucking hot. And yet I've never had I've never had the guts to have a pair of shorts like that. And I think I'm too old now. Oh no, you're never too old. Just go for it. People love I, I that. I think you know what I, I think now with like my lots of chest hair and the fact that I've got a large beard, if I were to walk around <laughs> like that, I would I'm I would just be some sort of like walking, you know, like eighties gay club stereotype. Which I, I'm okay with, but, you know, there's a time and a place, and that time and a place is in a Judas Priest video. Well, you, 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 you could set it off a little bit with that uh, leather bandolier backpack thing you were thinking about buying at one point. I think that would throw in a little bit of a, a, a vector shift that would leave people not sure what to make of it. Yeah, um, that's, that, that's true. Um, you know, maybe this summer I will get a <laughs> pair. I, I will cut off one of my pairs of jeans I, shorter I, than I already do. I, I want to say like jeans, short, short, shorts, uh, is even maybe a running theme in Friday the 13th. I feel like part two might've had. Oh, I think we should refer to them by their actual name, which is jorts. Jorts. They're, oh, they're right. Jorts. They're jean That's shorts. True. Jorts. Yes. Oh no, I sharted my jorts. Uh, one team was heard to say shortly after being murdered, uh, as, as narrated by an EMT, of course. They didn't actually say that, but you got to get your commission. Um, I'm never going to let this die. We're going to be like 10 episodes from now talking about a movie that has no EMTs, and somehow I'm going to start blaming them for dialogue. Let's just watch Bringing Out the Dead. That's kind of like oh, a horror man. movie. There we go. I would, just, I would be busy the whole time. Uh, we also see in this, we see Pamela Horgan's oh, tombstone. On, I- that, yeah, we do. Um, I was going to say, like, during the, the beach scene, um, Samantha is wearing, you know, they're like on the beach, skinny dipping in a, a, what I assume is just nice weather. And she's wearing a mini skirt and a sweater, like what looks like to be like, you know, a cable knitted, pretty thick sweater. And then, you know, there's other scenes where guys just wearing, you know, a nice thick hoodie and like tiny gym shorts. No, no, nothing anybody wears in this movie makes sense. Oh, and then there was the one where Ted is just wearing his almost all denim outfit. So now here's the question, though. Would, would what they're making have made as little sense if we were actually sitting there in 1984 watching this? Because I, I, I feel like... I feel like I don't... Like, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was five. I was... I, I don't pay attention to clothes now, but certainly I was not paying attention to the nuances of, you know, teen fashion uh, in the mid-80s. So I, I, I kind of... I, I wonder if we're partly seeing it through the eyes of, you know, visitors from the future, or if it was just as nuts at the I time. can't imagine anything I wore that wasn't ostentatious on purpose was anywhere nearly as weird as what they wore back then as just normal people clothes. But maybe they were dressed up. I mean, they were they were on vacation, man. They were in the woods. Is, is that what you? No, this is this is going to be an actual question because I've gone into vacation in the woods literally twice. <laughs> Do you dress up for that? No, 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 you don't. Well, okay. I don't. I see. Yes. So again, I may just we may be failing to relate. Maybe this is some subtle thread that ties together the whole otherwise confusing narrative of these teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that ted never hits or jimmy never hits ted it is interesting because it's like it's both sort of a letdown because it would have been nice to have any more sort of meaningful conflict between these characters instead of just like the vague petty resentment but at the same time it's almost i want to say a little bit more accurate a little bit more realistic portrayal of like weird teen dynamics that you'd mostly get sort of 
seeding and annoyance and failure to be thoughtful instead of like big dramatic blow-ups or whatever yeah i you know i was actually thinking that watching like some of the more horrendous dialogue between the kids like you know when i watched um what was it clueless like clueless you know like if you not counting like the you know like really just stylized like valley girl conversation stuff the the dialogue between uh rosario dawson's character and the guy that plays the stoner guy that you know she gets together with is like literally the most accurate teenage dialogue i've ever seen on on in a movie (laughs) next to i guess like raising victor vargas or like you know some sort of like cinema verite sort of thing but like just an actual like hollywood movie it was and, and now i'm wondering it's just like the really fucking awkward dialogue between all the teenagers in this. How on purpose was that? How much of that is just shitty screenwriting, and how much of that is accurate screenwriting of shitty teenagers? Well, see, that's or just the, regular yeah. teenagers. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I feel like the problem is a lot of the dialogue. It feels really written. That's the problem with the dialogue. Is as much as it is in fact banal. It feels like it was trying to be a little bit clever. Like it, it feels like it was supposed to come off as like like sassy or snappy or whatever and instead it comes off feeling like weird and stilted but i'm going to ungenerously suggest that this is in fact mostly a product of not very good writing that isn't hitting the mark it was aiming for rather than yeah some sort of masterful like like this as much as we can defend it as being sort of true to teenagers to be sort of stilted and weird this was not some sort of altmanesque you know achievement in naturalistic teen awkwardness it was it was a really was fucking totally weird by stage play about yeah. teens written by someone who had visited teens once. Uh, <laughs> Somebody who had literally managed to never be a teen somehow. <laughs> they were just comatose until they were 30. And, uh, yeah. And then they wrote this movie. Because, man, 30-year-olds old, are old and out of touch. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? You know, you, know, you know what the weird thing about 30-year-olds are out of touch? Um, uh, full House, right? Uh, Danny Tanner. I'm with you. Father of three. At the beginning of the show, was 32 years old and constantly being made fun of for old dad things like liking disco music. Uh, that's. Mm, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's leave this behind. Um, Another uh, a uh, moment uh, of silence uh, for youth. <laughs> our next on-screen murder is the hitchhiker. There's this 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 lady hitchhiking. And oh, she's the got, hippie hitchhiker. Yeah, she's got with some sort of like sign. Yeah, some sort of hippie like you know I don't even remember what it said, but something you know basically some. It said Canada or love or something <laughs> like that. It, it was it was like some weird, and it was just like in rainbow letters, and clearly she had spent some a good amount of time working on this sign, and then, you know, they drive right by her. It's like, oh, let's pick her up. And they're like, well, where are we going to put her? And they just keep driving, because this isn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, and then Ted peeks out the back. He's just like, woo, you got a sister? Um, which I really don't don't understand that line and then she you know flips around the sign and the back of the sign says fuck you and she flips him off which is great i feel like i feel like this is an understated fat joke on several layers by the the film like it's like they just 
they managed to sneak one in there. See, she's she's chubby, and also where would we fit her if you place into that, and then not picking her up. It, it feels like the whole think, thing is sort of like, yeah, well, if you were skinny, we would have picked you up. You think this this wouldn't be the kind of movie that has? It it absolutely is not. The, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that has to understate its fat jokes. I feel like this is the kind of movie where if they were going to do it, it would just be horribly obvious. I I, I inclined to agree, but at the same time, it's hard not to read it that way. And and, and this is yeah. maybe me being a jerk to 1984, but I mean, this is a, uh, yeah. I mean, she was clearly made to be unattractive. Like the, the, the whole eating a banana thing was just unpleasant to watch. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing felt like, like, like this is the one overweight character in the film and we're putting in her, yeah. her here just so that we can sort of diss her and then murder her, which it feels yeah, subtle, maybe not the right word. Just, just the fact that it's not, you know, verbalized particularly in the film. But anyway, she gets murdered abruptly by, by Jason. And, yeah. Jason and uh, strangles some, her and she spits out the banana she was eating. Yes. There's this figurative banana squeezing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She squeezes the banana so hard. It also falls out of its, uh, um, banana holder. Yes. Peels. Peels. <laughs> I think those are called peels. <laughs> uh, we get to see Corey Feldman watch a girl take her shirt off in the in the window. And he is door. really excited. And I was just like, that's not realistic. And I'm just trying to think back to when I was like that age. He's supposed to be about like nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if I was like looking at anything remotely resembling like nudity or pornography back then, I would also be hopping up and down and squealing. <laughs> Because it's, the, the body doesn't know what to do with that when you when you see it at that age, it just doesn't. Um, yeah, that was actually really funny. Um, we meet the oh, twins. You know what? There was a really, really. It was a weird thing. Like just all the way in the beginning, during the conversation between um, Trish and Mrs. Trish, Trish's mom, when the show, well, and 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 Tommy, where where he's just like, "Hey, did anybody move in next door?" It's like, "Oh, it's just some kids. I think we're renting." He's just like, "How many?" And she's like, "Oh, I think six. And it was just like, "How? What?" Why would you know that number? Why would it take you effort to recall that number as if you counted them? How, do you, what? Maybe, maybe it was that, just that, an excuse to, to represent the, the notional countdown of murders that take place in slasher films. So by, by awkwardly putting a point on the number, you make it easier for people to be like, oh, okay, well, that's one, that's two, that's three dead now. It could have been you know what, speaking of, uh, speaking of six, um, I just watched... Um, what is it? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Again, yesterday. I've seen it very many times. And you remember <laughs> how that movie has the six demon bag in it that uh, um, Egg Shen has? I do not remember that. It's been a while. Well, he's got a, he's got this thing that he calls a six demon bag, and I could never figure out why it's called a six demon bag. And this time I paid attention, and he takes exactly six things out of it. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's it. It's well named, then. And uh, that answers that question. <laughs> Let's see what else. We we have some explicit discussion of the notion of having a reputation. There's a girl who doesn't yeah. have a reputation, which is implied to be a good thing. Like she doesn't have a reputation for being a, a bit of a skank. Uh, of course, she ends up getting murdered anyway. Um, yeah, and, and she seems kind of. I, I can't tell. Like the conversation, it was Samantha and Sarah. Sure. That they have, and she was just like, "Well, you know, I got my reputation in sixth grade." She's like, "Oh, what's what's Doug or think of that?" He's just like, "He thinks I'm great in bed, so that's where I keep him." And I'm just like, "Hey, that's actually some, you know, kind of adorably progressive dialogue right yep. there." Uh, but at the same time, like, I can't figure out if she was 
I, I can't figure out what what was going on with that she was just like um what do you call it if, if she wanted to get laid but didn't want a reputation if she thought she couldn't get laid without a reputation yeah it, if she was just what, what was going on there i i i i i think it just it, it was more teens with a muddled sense of anxiety and horniness like that seems to be just like the the pervading like union like crowd space in these characters throughout the film like uh, and so yeah i didn't parse it particularly closely it's just like yeah okay well we're talking about reputation we're talking about getting laid ultimately we're talking about getting laid you know it's like all they're really talking about the whole fucking time so i didn't i didn't uh, i didn't give it a lot of thought i guess i wasn't grabbed enough by it to care to think it through in detail is what i'm saying yeah fair enough i mean it is dialogue in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that Corey Feldman, uh, his sisters, uh, you know, just like okay, fix the car engine, and, and you know, it's like again, like he's. It, is this some sort of a child genius or like learned helplessness yeah, that, that's on the part also of the sisters? Definitely like an '80s stock character. The, the 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 kid genius, yeah. Were like the 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 unexplained kid genius, yeah. Because um, I mean, like one of his first lines of dialogue is, "Mom's just like, hey, why don't you you know go go take your 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 Zaxxon upstairs?" And he's just like, "I need a um." They, they made up something for this bypass pass cord. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then you know she's just like, "You stay here and turn the lights on." Um. <laughs> yeah. Go. Go. Go into. Go into the basement and and yeah, monkey with the electricity now, kid. It's a real recurring theme with him. Which again, I, I think this is maybe Tom Savini Mary suing himself. Like <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he sat down with a bunch of EMTs and wrote this under a pen name. Is how we got this movie. Hmm. See, it's it's grown on you. I can feel it. I can sense it through the internet all the way from from brooklyn is it brooklyn here in brooklyn i think that's just mold okay. oh, oh oh internet mold uh <laughs> there's also a little bit of dialogue uh where the creepy hobo dude shows up uh oh the uh the the sexy drifter yeah the sexy drifter nothing ever he just disappears halfway through the movie doesn't he i something i don't know hopefully i don't remember him dying yeah i don't remember like, he's got the scene where you know she sneaks into his tent for no reason while looking for their mom and then you know ignores the 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 looming uh the looming shadow of somebody holding a knife up and he she slashes through and then um they, she's like, what are you trying to do? Kill me? And he's just like, uh, I thought you were <laughs> somebody else. <laughs> and then it just goes nowhere. And then they talk about Jason. I don't remember him dying. Yeah. I'll, I'll have and to if see. he didn't die, he also didn't come back. I'll have to see what I have in my notes. Cause I, I can't tell you either. Now that, now that we talk about it, uh, but he has this line. He's like, what's your problem? And, and she says, no problem. And he says, I mean with the car, which, I then wrote in my notes in all caps, naturalistic dialogue, uh, because apparently I was pretty taken with that whole exchange. It's, it's, it's kind of impressive to me how much some of the details of this has faded in my brain in just two weeks. Though. Cause like I, I'm reading my notes and I remember the movie that I was writing these notes down about, but it doesn't have a lot of potency in my mind the way, you know, a film that is good is good. <laughs> <laughs> 
apparently I had, yeah, a, uh, I had a theory early on here that uh, maybe that this guy was a Jason Hunter rather than like anything else. That's, no, that's, wait, and that maybe he, he knew, maybe that he was using the kids as bait was my initial Oh, theory. that would have been, like, he was that like, would hey, have been a lot more interesting. Here, here's a place where kids go to have premarital sex. Mm-hmm. I bet I'll find Jason here because he'll be on that like white on rice. That would have made a really good scene of him just like, you know, with binoculars in like a deer hunting um, with, uh, tree hammer thing. Nest? What do, you, what do you call that thing that you hammer to a tree and sit in while you hunt deer? Yeah, I'm, I'm failing the word too. Yes. A blind? Uh, I'm not sure. Eh, whatever blind. it is. Just him sitting in one of those, just like watching sexy teens through a uh, yeah. through binoculars. Well, yeah, and like, you think it's because it's creepy, but no, he's watching out for Jason. Yeah, well, and I want to say, yeah, what if it was, what if instead of this guy, who I can't, I've seen this guy in something else and I can't figure out what, but uh, I also couldn't remember who's in his, but his name was, so I couldn't figure it out from the IMDB credits either because like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what his name was. Uh, was he Doug? Was that Doug? Maybe no, Doug. No, okay. Was I didn't think the so. guy that died in the boat. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, uh, yes. What if instead of this guy, it was Jean Renault, and he had a high powered rifle, and it was basically Leon the professional, the prequel, in which instead of doing what happens in in Leon. He's hunting Jason. And so, yeah, we've got this, like, he just totally does not give a shit that teens are getting murdered because it's like, it's just setting up his shot, sort of. I think that would have been a better movie, I guess. It would have had John Renault in it, so I'd, I would have been on board. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to hitch it. No, that's Bonnie Hellman as Hitchhiker. That's the, that's the lady Hitchhiker. Um, just, Jimmy. Tommy, Doug, Trish, Rob? Maybe Rob? Rob Dyer? Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's see. What the hell you do here? What the hell are you trying to... Yeah, that's him. Rob Dyer. Okay. Eric so Anderson. has he been in? Because, yeah, I don't recognize that name at all, but I didn't have a real strong sense of uh, the he guy. He has been in... He's done some work, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, just a lot of TV work. He was is probably that episode of Murder She Wrote he was on. I probably that's probably where I remember him from. I wonder if he was on an episode uh, of Law and Order. Like literally, oh no, he wasn't. Wow. Oh man, uh, he was a character on seven episodes of Thirty Something, which I am certain I did not watch at the time because I was oh. ten something. And nine uh, episodes of Felicity. Oh, he was he was on an episode of Next Generation. That's probably where I actually recognize the dude from then. An episode called Conundrum. Uh, as Commander, Commander McDuff. McDuff. Oh, I, I hope that was a... Does a he whole, lay on? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I, I hope this is a... Maybe the whole thing was a thin uh, fig leaf of, of, of uh, Macbeth, and I never noticed that was what was going on with the episode. Uh, well, I have no memory of that episode specifically, and certainly not of his character, so uh, who knows? This is not going to He was in an episode of Silk Stockings, though, so that's something. What, what was that show about? I've heard of it. Was it just like a sex detective show? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think, I think it was, was basically it like, just a... Or was it like an SVU thing? I think it was a, I think it was a soft core detective show, essentially. Um, something like that, where it was like, you know, it was... I think it was on, like, not one of the big threes... And and so it, it had a little bit of you know PG thirteen sexy times in every episode, and but I don't know I don't know I never watched it. Uh, it was so, starring a woman named Mitzi Capture, which is a pretty good name. Yeah. 
it's a it's a good solid name, Mitzi. Uh, you know, Chief O'Brien uh, before he got married to Keiko uh, on Next Generation, and then they stayed married on Deep Space Nine. He he apparently was dating someone named Mitzi in early third season Next Generation. I found was this out because I was trying to figure. Was she a holodeck flapper? No, no. I think she was real. She was she was like another person on the show. Uh, in theory, like another person on the ship and her name was Mitzi and he wasn't sure he wanted to keep getting this relationship more serious because he was worried she was really, you know, she was really married to her job maybe. And so he didn't want to, you know, have to co-spouse with her job or something. I don't remember exactly what he said. Anyway, he was telling this to counselor Troy and then she's never mentioned again. And then Keiko comes along and he's getting married to her like a year and a half later. Um, but uh, I, was, I found this out because I was trying to figure out the backstory, like how they met. And there's actually very little information out there unless you're willing to read uh, select next generation novelization. Well, not even novelization, just like extended universe prequel novels, I guess, which I'm not willing to do. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mitzi, yes. Uh, so anyway, it's the whole pattern. Team, what yes. happens when we end up watching like a not particularly good movie is <laughs> let's talk about everything. We just end up movie. rambling about things we see on IMDb. Exactly. Uh, um, Jesus, uh, Teddy. I've got to get another the drink. Death. Oh, Someone oh, says the twins. So you know they're all taking a taking a hike to the lake, um, and the twins Terry and Tina pull up on their bikes and they're dressed identically. Or are they dressed identically, or are they dressed like in inverted colors? Like I think they it was palette swapped. I think, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I guess I don't remember yep. if they changed that to later. I noted later anyway, that they were palette yeah, swapped. Yeah, and it turns out they're both going to the same lake. At which point, the twins turn their bikes around to the opposite of where they were coming from and keep going. And at that point, I'm just like, wouldn't this be a great movie if those twins just murdered everybody? I was kind of hoping for it. I was kind of hoping it would turn out to be some weird... Like, there were so many things that would have been a more interesting thing to do with this movie than what they did with the movie. Like, any... any Like, what if it was, like, Clue? Like, what, what, what if there were actually four or five different endings for this film, each of which turned out a different one of the teens was the one actually killing everybody? But, but no... There's one of them where the uh, the turn of the century pornography comes to life and kills everybody, like in the ring. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it turns out that that lady in the in the unitard was actually behind it the whole time. She uh, she was working with the the 1910 black and white silent film lady to do a trans you know decade uh, cinematic murder spree. There's one where all of Tarvi Charis's masks come to life and do the monster mash. <laughs> Did the match. It was a graveyard smash. It's the match. Uh, <laughs> another thing we could talk about that wasn't in the movie is this recurring bit on uh, Comedy Bang Bang, like my favorite uh, comedy podcast, uh, with the, the original writer of the Monster Mash has shown up to talk a c- couple times about uh, how that came about and how actually that was an executive meddling studio rewrite of the original song he wrote because they felt it was a little too risque, so they wanted to change it up, so we got the Monster Mash. But it turns out that uh, the original version was the monster fuck. <laughs> it was a graveyard fuck. Those monsters <laughs> fucked and they sucked. It was a monster fuck. And so on. It's just a scene and, and it's dumb. And then they brought it back and did it a couple more times. And anyway, it was that, that, that it was kind of a, it was a little bit of a strained bit. It was like, kind of like, really, is this, you guys are going to keep going with this for 10 minutes to sit through. Still, still a little bit more compelling than this film was. Um, yep. All in all. Because there were surprises. There were, you know, chills and spills. And yes. Um, 
there was yeah so that I, I think that's a really interesting question what, what was going on with those twins like do we ever see them did they ever like split up from our core teens again or did they just like you know this is what we're doing now i don't know where we were going i don't know where we were staying if there, anybody else was aware that we were here but we're just we're gonna party with you guys now maybe it's maybe it's like the uh the monster lady in vhs where they just ride around in those woods until they teens show up and then they feed them to jason yeah that could be that could be but then this time jason uh killed them too yep but maybe they come back too Hmm. I mean, Jason keeps coming out. Why couldn't he have, like, you know... Yep. Um, Jason assistance? <laughs> I have a lot of notes, but most of them aren't of anything ter- terribly interesting. I was just, like, you know, writing stuff down in case, I guess, it came back to me. Like, apparently there's a scene where someone says, Teddy, I've got to get another drink. And then I... And, and that's a quote of an actual line, I think. And then I wrote outside of the quotes, before I will be drunk enough to continue to make out with you. Uh, yep. And this is Teddy, so I mean, that seems like fair. But I, I, was that one of the twins? Yeah, that was. He, he tries to start making out with her, and she doesn't go for it. She's like, I need another drink. And then she immediately starts hitting on Doug because uh, Sarah like wandered away for literally half a second. And then she comes back, and she's just like, kiss me, you fool. And he's like, sweetenly. And then they start making out. Yeah. And then there's... Um, or was it... Yeah, was it Doug? I think it was Paul. I think <laughs> there's a guy named Paul in there's this. There's a guy named. There, there, I know there is because is Paul fact, the guy that gets killed in the shower after making a gay joke? Uh, no, Paul gets harpooned in the balls. Uh, I thought that was Doug. I th- I think it was Paul. I don't know. I don't think there's a Paul Maybe. in this movie. No, there is a Paul. There's a Paul and a Doug, and Doug is a little bit more actual, like football handsome, and Paul's the guy I was thinking of alpha male Seinfeld uh, because I feel like he was like the the vortex of this like i think maybe doug actually just stuck with his girl uh the one with the reputation whereas paul was the no, one no 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 it was it was no that was wait <laughs> fuck uh i'm not i'm not going back and watching it again someone no. someone else is gonna we'll, we'll need if someone who is listening to this has the patience to do it and doesn't have to spend another four dollars to watch it again, if you uh, I would love it. Turned off this podcast I in would, confusion and anger. I would, I would love to see a diagram of who was with who in this. If you can just sort that out, just sort of like a, a sort of flow chart of who was with who when and tried and didn't and failed and so on, that would be fantastic. Because I really, what I know, there's a guy named Paul who I think is a guy who got shot in the balls because. I wrote at one point, I'm going to decide that alpha ball cap dude Paul is actually Paul Rudd photographed very badly because I would watch Paul Rudd in this role. And it would make sense to me that people are like, oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Bring it back to Clueless there. I think he was uh, I think he was the, the guy in Clueless who Cher uh, had a crush on who was named Josh. That was weird. Was he like her almost brother-in-law or, or whatever? Uh, I don't remember. Were they step? siblings or something like that or yeah in-law siblings or i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen clueless too um i could tell a story about what i saw at a drive-in but uh i really feel like we should make a game effort to talk about that movie a little bit more you know i i was just talking about how i i was sad because i'd never get to go to a drive-in really yeah i've never been to a drive-in i I don't think i'll ever get to go to a drive-in yeah there's not there's not a whole lot there's one in vermont uh there's one in upstate new york but that would involve leaving the five boroughs, which I don't do often. This is your problem. This is your problem. 
So you have to you have to be willing to because you don't you don't really yeah you don't get the drive-ins in town so much. It doesn't really work so well. I don't. Think. Yeah. They, they, well, you know they do project movies onto like in like Washington. I mean, uh, one of the parks we have, Bryant Park. Yeah, Bryant Park. But then you got to sit in the grass and. Ugh. But the girl goes for a swim, goes for a <laughs> passive aggressive swim. Sort of like guess yes. I'll go eat worms, and which means we get more bare chestedness because uh, it's the yeah. 80s. There was, There's uh, got to there be a lot of toplessness. Uh, but you know what? It's funny enough. There was a lot more dude ass than there were boobs in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah at least two spread, to one. Yeah, they spread it around, which is, you know you got to appreciate that at least. Um, also, how fucking warm is this lake? Because I mean, I've been yeah. swimming in a lake in the summer. It's still pretty fucking cold. Uh, is there a hot springs here somewhere? Well, does it matter if it's cold? Well, it, it sure does when you get in. I don't know. I, I guess if you're a real seasoned, cold as hell lake swimmer, then you just sort of get used to it. I guess also if you're drunk, probably helps. But she didn't seem that. They, I think they 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 must have been drunk by then. Yeah, she just didn't really. And uh, okay, so here's the thing: you jump in a lake, it's going to be kind of cold, but it's nighttime, so the air is probably going to be kind of cold too. Uh, if you do jump in a lake, you stay in it and you sort of acclimate and then it stops being so cold and that's fine. Getting in and then immediately getting out so you've still got the coldness of the lake. You haven't numbed up to it. You haven't adjusted. You immediately clean out into the night air, which is probably cold. And then you've got the... Because you know, she, she claims right out into that raft. And just yeah. I, I would swim for a while before I crawled out, personally, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. The whole thing felt a little bit rushed, like they're trying to get to the murder. And, and Jason and she does gets, kill her. Yeah, he stabs her through the boat into the chest. Yes, which was, I, I had a little bit of trouble figuring out what was going on there. It was a little confusing yeah. visually, because like, she's clearly being killed, but I don't even see the, and then they're like, oh, there's the tip of the knife wiggling. It's like, oh, okay. I think there's, there's a move, there's a different movie where they did that. It was some sort of like erotic thriller or horror movie where like a guy, I think he's like laying on his back and he's getting blown or something and then he look, has like a really uncomfortable look in his face and then just like a dagger comes bursting from his chest. And I don't remember where I saw this or I believe when. you were profoundly misremembering the details of Alien. <laughs> You've really read that scene wrong. Um, <laughs> and the scene I'm thinking of is when uh, Ian Holm gets decapitated. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But I want to say, like, this is one thing I can say is maybe an argument towards franchise continuity in, in thematics is that Jason killing her is maybe sort of reifying and finding closure on the boat scare at the end of the first film, where... Jason jumps out of the lake and grabs the the last girl and pulls her out of her canoe where That's, she's woken up. So in a sense, he's yeah, like, I think that was a callback. Yeah, so he's getting he, he's he's getting a boat murder right this time. Uh, and uh, and and then and then the dude goes and gets harpooned in the balls. Uh, yeah, that was and then lifted up by that, which yeah. I thought was that's a that's a pretty good kill. They're load bearing balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, Teddy with his goddamn teddy bear line. Just, yeah, give uh, Teddy a kiss or yeah, whatever. Yeah, nobody likes that. You know, people overheard it the first time when it didn't work. Using it again is not going to work. Uh, you yeah, mentioned terrible. You mentioned sexy drifter with the machete cutting open the tent that the 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 blonde <laughs> last girl is in. Uh, and yeah, it's like where did he get it? Why has he got a machete? Is he fighting fire with fire? I don't know. Um, but then his his rifle gets trashed. Apparently, Jason did come along and broke his rifle, uh, and also crumpled his maps. Who crumples a map? 
that's you know murdering teens for having sex i can understand but jeez yeah who who does that really you mentioned the burlesque silent movie thing that uh everybody's watching yeah it, it was like it was it was i as far as i can tell they were watching naked ladies of the world because it was just women <laughs> in 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 you know outfits of the world but with their boobs out and all of them were white i think so the the, the only one i remember very clearly was the one in the sombrero and and like <laughs> i'm gonna say third of a poncho <laughs> And, I mean, Ted was really enjoying it, too. I don't think I've ever been that fucked up to be laughing uproariously at at, at turn-of-the-century pornography. I did also, uh, I, on the teens, I had a, apparently at one point I was, I was writing, maybe they're ghosts. Uh, oh. maybe Maybe they're part of a Jason death cult, as we discussed uh, a little bit ago there. But just the whole weird, the duality, the, the, the conflict between sameness and contrast, it seems like, you know, sort of a theme with you mm-hmm. know, identical twins as they age and whatnot. Uh, it would have been great if the identical twins, like, turned out to be uh, sirens and just pulled all of them under and killed them. Yeah, yeah, something like that would have been, like, like yeah, yeah. Again, disappointed the film didn't do something weird instead of something normal. Um, I almost wanted to say that the one who gets killed first is the one who didn't end up getting any action, but she gets killed while stomping out again, sort of pedally because someone else is getting action in this case. Was she stomping out pedally or was she just like, Hey, I'm telling you exactly where I'm going. So meet me there and we'll fuck. Cause I thought I, it was the latter. I Cause I, I, I think she was uh, what do you call it? She was pissed off, but she was also sexually frustrated. Is how I, I, I guess I didn't scene. get that read, but I could buy that again. I'm not going to go back and watch it. So I'm just going to accept that you're correct. Um, and, uh, but anyway, she stomps out, and then she gets murdered. I guess I, if your read is there, there's a little bit more of that active intent at the moment of murder. But I kind of felt like she got murdered as some sort of proxy for her twin sister while her twin sister was getting laid. Wait, are we talking about the twins or are we talking the about twins. Sarah? The twins. Oh, I was talking about Sarah. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had No, the on. twin um, – no, she gets – what is it? She gets uh, harpooned to the side of the thing while she was trying to leave, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, because she stomps out. She, she's just like, hey – I don't leave without you. And the other twin is just like, take an umbrella and then goes back to screwing Crispin Glover. Cause I mean, who'd pass up on that? Really? Right. right. I wouldn't. So, so um, in, in a sense, I feel like the twin who didn't get murdered right then managed to pull off a, a weird switcheroo where she managed to not have to deal with coitus interruptus because, uh, because she distracted Jason with her doppelganger and they were, you know, joined psychically. And so Jason was able to kill the one who wasn't currently getting laid and the other one could just finish getting laid in yeah. peace. Yeah. The, the other one, he, so Jason tosses her out the window. She lands on a car and then the windows of the car are violently blown outward. Is that, is that a thing? I, is I, that, is, I don't, I don't know. Think I mean, I, I guess if you had depressed the roof enough, it could like put stress on the windows. And was this before they out, invented but, safety glass yeah, and also know. filled cars with pressurized <laughs> air? <laughs> that was the pressure car. That was the, the the car for the guy from from Venus who needs a much higher atmosphere. It, it's the Harry Potter car they flew in there. Yes. Oh wait, yes. is there a flying car in Harry Potter? I've, I've, There's I've a never ghost bus seen. or something. I don't know. I think mostly they flew on brooms because haha. Um, what else? What else? Oh, there's that amazing bit of teenage seduction, Ari, bunk beds, and not being tired from the girl with no oh, reputation. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, hey, you want to sleep in the bottom bunk tonight? It's like, why? Do you want to sleep in the top one? No. <laughs> I think I'm going to bed now. Oh, are you tired? Oh, are you tired? No. No. 
<laughs> and, you know, you God bless her, because, uh, I don't know, I found it less annoying than many of the other things that happened with teens discussing stuff in the film. <laughs> and uh, then she's just like, so stay here, I'm going to go wash up or whatever. And I, I, I wonder how long he actually stayed there. I was just like, well, I'm going to... Um, uh, wait up! Uh, yeah. Uh, Crispin Glover gets murdered at his peak of annoyance in this movie. <laughs> it's the, um, he, he managed to hit the exact same picture voice as the, uh, you, you've heard like the Dead Alewives, Alewives D&D thing, right? Yeah. Um, he, he hits the exact same pitch and tone as the, where are the Cheetos? When he's yelling about the, um... Oh, he, he he couldn't have the regular corkscrew. He needed the fancy corkscrew. Yes. Because uh, it was fancy wine for a fancy occasion. Um, because he stole a woman's underpants. Yep. Which was another 80s thing. Well, yeah, and I, I want to say, you just finally got, got <laughs> laid when you've been super horny with this random naked girl. Who, and she says, don't you leave. I'll be right back. And you leave, you take you her get, underpants. You get and dressed leave. and leave. Yes, you, I'm going to put my clothes on, leave the room, go somewhere else in this house, and steal your pants. It just basically, I'm happy he got killed. And I thought, I thought going into the film that maybe Crispin Glover would somehow weirdly be the last girl-ish character or something. Wonderful. But uh, but no, he just gets corkscrewed in the hand and then butchered in the face, and yep. yeah, and I felt kind of good about it. I was like, yes. This is acceptable. Well, I mean, he was horny, so it makes sense that he got screwed. <laughs> oh, Corkscrewed. Um, it's one of the problems with Jason it, is he doesn't talk, so he doesn't get any lines. Yeah. <laughs> he's just saying the wittiest fucking shit under that mask, and you can't, you can't figure it, yeah. it out. It's like, um, what was it? I think, I think it was Kane Hodder is Jason as well as Leatherface, at least in some of the movies. Um, yeah, well, I think in the first Texas Chainsaw movie, it's not Kane Hodder, but then it becomes Kane Hodder. Uh, anyway. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, is that? Did we? Oh, and then uh, Ted gets killed because the movie runs out of porno, and he and he gets blinded by the thing, and Jason stabs him in the back of the head. Yes, and, and he apparently Ted needed Jim's help to deal with the film running out on a projector. I guess, like maybe he like, was just too high and drunk to do it himself. Maybe, or maybe just like learned helplessness and, and, and as much as it gives Jim a hard time for being a dead fuck, Jim had been in AV club and actually knew how to, I, I feel like, I feel a, like you could manage to string up a projector from scratch with some effort. Yeah. You know, during my, uh, my, my best friend, she got married and at her wedding, she had like a little typewriter, like an old school typewriter set up with a bunch of paper where you were to type a, um, you know, type a congratulations thing to, to the bride and groom. And they put it into like a scrapbook for themselves. And so I remember like maybe halfway through the wedding at this point, we're all pretty clearly fucked up and it's me and the groom and one of the other guys. And we're standing around this typewriter being completely unable to load paper into it because it's a typewriter. <laughs> 
<laughs> and none of us had ever seen one. Or, I mean, we've all seen typewriters before, but nobody had like loaded paper into a typewriter in ages. And then just somebody's, I think one of the guys that was there, like his girlfriend just comes up to us, looks at us like, you know, we're like the monkeys in front of the, uh, in front of the monolith in 2001. And just like in like really three really swift motions, puts the paper in. And she's like there. And then one of the, somebody just types in the word penis over and over again. Is <laughs> that out? And then we're back to trying to get paper into the thing because we, we did not watch very carefully. Uh, let's see. I want to. Uh, Jason seems really. Mul- I, I I had a th- I had still a theory at this point in the film, uh, around the time that uh, Jimmy gets killed and then Ted gets killed and uh, the girl gets thrown out the window upstairs. I, I was still thinking maybe that there was an accomplice or a second actor yeah. in all this, just because otherwise Jason's really mobile or the editing is suggesting that he's moving faster than he is because he like he kills Jimmy in the kitchen. And then he gets upstairs to grab the girl from outside the, like he climbs up to the second store of the house on the outside, I think, and pulls her through the window or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he pulls it and he throws her out. Yeah. And, and then, and then he's back down in the kitchen, getting the knife to, to, to kill Ted, I think. It makes um, I, him being able to throw her out of the window while standing on the ledge makes no sense at all. Yeah. It, it, uh, I, I just didn't he, really, he, he must've like nailed his midsection to the side of the house. <laughs> someone else in the scene, that's the missing six minutes is someone else finds him, tries to kill him, pins him to the house with, with a railroad spike and a, a mallet. And then he uses that as leverage to murder someone else after dispatching that. Maybe that's what happened to the mom because the mom. Yeah, just, we never did. Yeah. We only see what happens to the mom in the, uh, wait, did you see the, um, the, the alternate ending to this? No. There's there's an alternate ending where she uh, where where what's her name like after all the badness ends, um, the last girl goes upstairs and she finds uh, their mom like dead in the bathtub and she's like ah and she goes to hug her and she hugs her mom and then their mom her mom opens her eyes and her eyes are white and then she wakes up in the hospital. Ah. Um, so yeah, that's but yeah the, yeah the mom gets killed off camera which I thought was uh, was was kind of like. Why? No, you you don't kill people off camera right. in a yeah, horror yeah, in a exactly. slasher like, movie. If you cut away before the murder, that tells us you're going to come back and do something with that. Either we're going to find her yeah. corpse somewhere, or it's going to be a psych out, and she was being scared by something else that then she reacts to and rallies yeah. from, or something. But yeah, instead we just like cut that thread off right there, and it's like, like, yeah. like, like I don't think I liked anybody in this movie, but like the mom, I didn't have anything against which makes her right. pretty much unique. Like she was the one character who was like, ah, she's putting up with some bullshit dealing with her kids living out in the sticks. Fine. You know, she hasn't done anything wrong. Uh, and then, and maybe that was, maybe that was her reward. Her reward for not being actively annoying was just a little bit of dignity in death. Hmm. Maybe that's what was going on there. Uh, another good exchange between teens, Sarah, I think I'm in heaven. I think I'm in love. What? Yeah. I, yeah, I thought that was kind of nice, you know. No, no, no. That was just, very, very teenagey. Just sex. Let's stick with the having sex. Uh, sh- dude gets murdered in the shower. Uh, shower After, girl. Yeah, and 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 I. He makes a weird, possibly a gay joke, but I can't really tell. Or he's just like, "Whoa, I dropped the soap, buddy." It's just like, wait, did you guys? I mean, did you guys screw? Because he was referring to Doug, I think, because that was Ted, right? Uh, but I don't even know. Paul, probably. Paul, Doug, Ted, Jim, uh, I think was his name. Uh, 
I, I am completely. I think that was Doug. I th- I, I'm going to say I think it was Doug who was in the shower, but uh, but I have no confidence in this at this point whatsoever. Um, I hope they got laid before they died. <laughs> but you think they, the, they 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 screwed in the shower? They they must have. I think I think I think so. I I, I I'm going to say so. I don't even remember, but uh, let's assume so. And then she gets killed by an axe thrown clear through a door, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, that was he, nice. uh, He's got really good aim, because then he throws that hammer, which ends up stuck to the wall uh, by, like, the front of it in a really gravity-defying way because of the safety line that they used to throw it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... <laughs> you, know, you know what? The, uh, the doors in this movie are a lot less sturdy than the doors in The Shining. True. Because two swings of an axe and he takes out an entire panel off that door. Well, and you know, to to be fair, a lot of interior doors are often pretty flimsy because they're uh, they they aren't required to be rated as high. They don't need to have as much security. But uh, but yeah, the the the, the bathroom door in The Shining that was a much more solid piece of wood. Uh, the phone line is dead because uh, because they have an actual line that their phone service comes across which and I, Jason I understands how old phones work yeah no he's got that like down knew, too yeah yeah he knew which box on the side of the house to rip off it's like nope wait that's the gas main that's the electricity phone line there we go yep um yeah i i liked i liked the uh multiple sort of point point of view sequences in the basement, the dark basement with the flashlight mm-hmm. yeah. re- revealing very little and then finding nothing whatsoever. Like this is, this is just, you know, it'd be scary being in a dark basement and say, but you're making a film. You're not just actually trying to scare yourself when you're bored it, at home. You have to do and, something and it, in that basement. It, and it keeps cutting back and forth between the very clearly illuminated Corey Feldman and the pitch black basement <laughs> that he's illuminating. And it's just like, you, okay, look one shot or the other, like, it, it doesn't work if you show us both. Because, you know, and he, he was clearly, like, illuminated by what's supposed to be, I guess, moonlight. And then, you know, from, from his point of view, everything was pitch dark. It's like, that, that, you, you, can't, you can't do that. That doesn't work. Yep. I, I have written here next, dog through upstairs window. And I don't know. Yeah. Is there an actual dog? So it's not Doug? Yeah, the dog <laughs> goes through the window. I actually looked up this movie right after that happens on doesthedogdie.com or whatever that site is. Oh, man. You know about that site? I, I think I've heard of it, yeah. It's a website that just catalogs movies as to whether the the animal in the movie gets hurt or not. And this yeah. one has a... Uh, I think it's either like... It's a discontented dog face because the dog is hurt but not killed on screen um so yeah the dog goes through the window i just thought of texas chainsaw massacre apparently texas chainsaw massacre is going to be my go-to reference for people or things going through windows from now on yeah Uh, just because of how okay so here we go yeah the um the uh it's a happy face dog if nothing happens to the dog and it's a sad face dog if the dog gets hurt and it's a crying dog with tears if the dog gets surprisingly useful website because it makes me sad when animals die oh you know i forgot about this Not people though. <laughs> yeah people have them uh tommy ends up looking through clippings about jason's murders and was this mm-hmm. was this maybe the hobo the the sexy yeah, that was his collection stuff. 
Yeah. That makes Which he, I don't think he left up there. I don't know how he got his hands on those. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Because, I, I, yeah, and I have, I have no further mention at this point still of Hobotine, so I'm not sure. Oh, wait, no. I, okay, so a little bit later, um, uh, Sexy Drifter gets attacked repeatedly by Jason in the basement. So something does eventually happen in the basement, just not connected well enough to... I don't to, remember that. Uh, he's trying to, like, chop his arm off or something i'm not even sure who is who like like maybe maybe jason is trying to chop off uh sexy drifter's arm or something and he shouts trish run and she's yeah she, she, like she both she both is real slow about running and also doesn't like use the machete she has to help him and it's a real sort of moment of like ah uselessness uselessness i understand you're terrified but we only see, need to see so many movies where someone terrified fails to take any action. You know, yeah. There's nothing inherently interesting about that, you know, unless you're going to tell an interesting story about how they deal with, you know, their trauma from that or something. But anyway, um, there's a corpse blocking a door. Apparently, Jason has strung corpses up around the doorways of the house, and so then she goes out a window, which you know just suck it up and go past the corpse. There's a guy who's hanging corpses after you. I yeah. Think maybe just don't take the time to go through the window. Just, just lower a shoulder lady. Yeah. Uh, when Trish jumps out the window, it's a, it's, it's like an Olympic level, uh, fall there that she manages to not hurt herself. She, she angles that real well. Cause she jumps out and does basically a backflip and lands just directly on her back in the soft mud. And then a plank falls on her. But it's pretty <laughs> well, good fall. It, it, it. Uh, Tommy, I think, uh, or, or I don't know. I don't. I don't remember who did it. Uh, event, eventually, there's Jason ends up grabbing Tommy, and so finally, uh, Trish springs into action and, and does a bunch of hammering. Uh, yeah, she hits him with a hammer repeatedly, and then turns it around to the claw part, and then that actually works. Yeah, and then we get a CRT to the noggin. You know, yep. and, and I will say, flat screen monitors are fantastic, but they would really not work as well cinematically here. If you just sort of beat someone with yes. your LCD monitor, no, it would not have the same sort of look. Unless it was magic and like you know the uh, the, the the Phantom Zone projector, and they just disappeared into it. Ooh, that could be portable hole sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you don't want to put your bag of holding in there because that causes an explosion. Right, right, because that's just. You're you're getting into serious uh, meta topography there. That's unstable shit. Well, you do it one way and they both disappear. You do it the other way. It causes like an extremely violent explosion. Starts sucking everything in around it. So I just you know half and half. You know, just split the middle yeah. and you're fine. Uh, <laughs> I think I was pretty tired of this movie by the time I got to the end because like I, my notes are getting increasingly yeah. sarcastic. Uh, I just stopped taking notes at some point. Yeah, I just wrote run, Trish, run. I totally have any fucking investment in you as a character. Yeah. Which I bothered to, to type. Like I was I was I was angry enough at it that I bothered to type the sarcastic comment instead yeah. of just shrugging. <laughs> so I think you may have taken the more emotionally healthy route there by just ceasing. Yeah, the uh, last note I have, which is maybe like fifteen minutes after the previous note, was when uh, <laughs> Trish goes to strike at Jason's head with the machete, and then somehow the machete ends up coming up and knocking his mask off. Yep. And it turns out he's terrifyingly ugly and shit, just like Tommy's masks. Ooh. Yep. And then Tommy plants a the machete uh, in his face real good. And 
Yeah, and then he falls down, and the, his, the machete, he, like, slides down onto the machete after he drops the machete to the floor, machete first. And that was pretty cool, because his face was still moving and stuff, and I wish the movie really had more of that, because that, yeah. was, that was... I mean, it's fucking Tom Savini. He, you know, why to let the man work? Yeah, and, and again, we got, we got to figure out what the missing six minutes is, because maybe it was actually a bunch of good Savini effect stuff, too. Yeah. But his fingers, I, 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 I will say I liked this. He, he falls on the machete, impales his own eye or whatever the fuck. Uh, but then his fingers are twitching and Tommy actually sees this and just pulls the machete and just goes straight fucking nuts on him. Uh, with, the, with the sound of a baseball hitting a beanbag chair. <laughs> which totally, chops him up. totally makes sense. And Trish keeps like yelling his name like, yeah. like he should stop, which on the one hand, I understand you're sort of like having a little bit of a meltdown and maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's disturbing to see your little brother doing this. But no, you should not fucking stop. He should you should be yelling. One of you yeah, should have Tommy. done that yeah. when you hit him with the CRT and tried to sneak around him. Seriously. Uh, so I I, I, I I don't know if we're if that was her freaking out was supposed to be actually forecasting the idea that we're supposed to worry about Tommy turning into a psycho or if it was just yeah, absolutely. acting slash writing, but it, it, she should not be having that realization at the boat that like, I don't buy that. Like her moment right there is to be like, okay, clearly everything's settled. Now my next step is to worry about my little brother's long-term emotional health. You know, she, eh, just, I didn't buy it. It felt, it felt dumb. It felt like really jumping the gun, you know, I, I would have been satisfied if it turned out that Tommy was actually having delusions and hacking up the dog. You know, that, oh. that then her freaking out would make sense to me. But, uh, Dad, that's his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah. But the hospital bed, I will say this is another thing that does seem mm-hmm. to be revisiting the, the original. Because in the original, she, the last girl gets pulled out of the canoe by Swamp Jason. And then she wakes up in the hospital. And she's like, did you find him? I don't remember the exact line. But basically, she's like, you know, where is he? Did you kill him? And they're like, kill who? It's like, he, he was in the lake. I don't know what you're talking about. You mean he's still out there? And then, you know, that's sort of the end of the movie. It's like, oh, my God. Um, well, so no, this, then he comes to hug her. In the hospital at the end of the first yeah, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, you know, they, they send in Tommy Jarvis. No, 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 no. no. So that, oh. was, that, that was the end of the first oh. movie. That was the, oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Is she, the last girl wakes up the hospital, doesn't right, know right, where the right, killer right. is. In this case, instead, we're back in the hospital, girl waking up. Uh, but instead, you know, instead of, oh, no, where's Jason? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm alive. And, and here's little Tommy. And, you know, give me a hug. And then, yeah, we get his super flat stare at the camera, freeze frame. Uh foreshadowing yeah. just appears in the bottom. So it was, it was interesting that it was playing off the ending of first like that, I guess yeah. is the, what I managed to summing up as something sort of flattering to say about the structure of the film. And yeah, and whatever happened to mom, which I'm not totally clear from what you're, what you described as the alternate ending. It sounds like finding a mom in the tub was like a dream sequence. Cause there's no, yeah, it does not make any sense. Yeah, so, so mom's uh, still basically a wall in that case. Like yep. we still don't have a, a, a sense of where she is. It'd be cool if, like, the last, like, the very, very last scene was her just, like, dusting off her hands and walking off into the distance. <laughs> it's like, finally! I'm free. Got rid of, got rid of that pesky family. My husband was easy, but the kids, oi! Um, yes, and that's the film, and, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it feels like... 
It's probably one of the worst movies we've seen in in, in quite a number of episodes. Well, and it's funny because it's 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 just bad in an uninspired way. Like production wise, it was fine. The the, the production values were uh, better than My Bloody Valentine. I'd say uh, just like a basic you know look and feel. Not like, the My Bloody Valentine that I saw. Well, <laughs> Uh, uh, setting aside the murders, like like, like I I mean just oh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. mean just like the real baseline, you know the 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 the, the I, color tone of the film looked good, you know they seemed true. like they were using solid cameras and had a good focus puller and and whatever, like you know it didn't but feel you know that's that's kind of like saying that you know the 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 ingredients at, at at TGI Fridays are better than the ingredients at like the shitty diner near your house, where it's like all right, you know it's it's true, but the shitty diner still makes the better food because somebody actually cares well yeah and 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 in, as as this analogy goes i'd say my bloody valentine is the shitty diner and i'd much rather watch my bloody valentine again than this i mean neither of yeah. them was particularly good movies but that one was more interesting and quirky in its weird failureness whereas this just felt like i feel like this this may maybe this film is really just seriously the platonic ideal of the uh studio churn uh, mid '80s, early '80s slasher film. Like maybe this is the moment yeah. that they perfected the formula of not really giving a shit and knowing they're going to make their money back. Like, like they just didn't even need to try. Really, it's like, okay, we yeah, need some teams. Let's get killed. Make? I don't know. I didn't even look it up. Um, Keep talking. I'm looking it up. Yeah, to speak. yeah. yeah it, it feels like it, it, it hits all the right notes. This is this mm-hmm. is kind of like the. I guess this is the the drum machine of 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 yeah. slasher films like you know it's it's more or less hitting all the notes it needs to but there's no soul you know if you want to use that old uh idiom i but can yeah, see that i don't know cuz yeah i don't know i i uh like i remember i i've seen jason x uh a couple times in my life at this point now and that wasn't a particularly good movie either but it at least I feel like it maybe had it was a little bit more self-aware in some ways despite being another shitty slasher movie like the, well, I mean that movie's like really self-aware because don't they get him with like a, a, a what do you call it a holographic projection yes, of teens yes. having sex so Which yeah may, may have been the finest minute in the film just for being so balls out sarcastic about its own origins um, but yeah I don't know it's like I, 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 I I'm I feel like at some point I need to sit down and watch a couple more films on either side of this maybe and try and get some more context because I, which is maybe trying too hard to find something nice to say about just a mediocre sequel. I just, you know, film, but uh, I, I, I wish I had a better sense of the place this film has in my world, you know, yeah. having sat through it. Guess how much this movie costs to make? Uh, I'm going to say it costs, Three million dollars. One point eight. Oh, okay. Budget production. Guess how much money it made. I'm gonna say it made fifteen million dollars. Thirty-two. Yeah. Wow. This movie made thirty-two million dollars. It was. It was. You know. It was going strong at that point, right? I mean, this was. This was the era of the, the big studio slasher. Yeah, I had no idea it was that big though, because that's. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot it's of fucking money. money. But uh, maybe there wasn't a whole lot else coming out that summer. I don't know. It does seem like a lot. I want to say from the credits, one, the only thing I'm going to mention from the credits is there's a special thanks to Catalina Swimwear uh, for, I guess, not appearing in most of the swimming sequences. Yeah. 
that was. I mean, there was only one set of bathing suits in the movie, which was on the twins, um, and that comes off. Those come off real quick. Yep. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to say about this movie. It was, uh, I, I, I ran out of things to say about this movie a half hour ago. <laughs> I'm kind of glad we've ticked off the Friday the 13th box. Like we've at least done the basic yep. uh, due diligence of uh, watching and reviewing one. Maybe we'll come back to another one sometime. I don't know. I mean, it's not in the long run. I think at some point we should do... Um, we should do one episode with where we do Jason X, Leprechaun in Space, and maybe some other horror movie that is inexplicably in space for its nth sequel. We could rewatch the space portions of Hellraiser 4. No. No, no, not up for no. <laughs> never again. Eh, not uh, never again, but no. I I've said everything I can possibly say about that movie. Well, I mean just to just to review the spaciness, I think it would be all before, you know. And, and, hey, and uh, really, it's only a third of the movie you'd need to watch again. So you just, you know. Um yeah. Yep, Friday the 13th, totemic, iconic, major influence on the face of horror, and uh, it's a little bit hard to understand why coming right off this movie, but uh, yeah, it's a funny thing about the, the world. That's, yep. that, that's, that's, that's my bullshit, no effort, generic way to sum up a sentence now. Is, eh, it's a funny thing about the world. You can use yeah. it on anything. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, took my car to the DMV. Uh, I had to wait, uh, you know, forty-five minutes, but uh, then the paperwork was done in like five, and I was done and out of there. It's like uh, it's maybe they should just get more clerks. But uh, it's a uh, it's a funny thing about the world. See, just you know, I ate three peanut butter parfaits yesterday, and uh, I've been I've been literally shitting them out uh, the, in the same form that they went in. Yeah, it seems like that's it's a lot a, of peanut butter parfaits. It's a funny thing about the world. Yeah. Also, Wait, I'm did you actually? <laughs> no, I did have uh, one the other day, uh, first time in a, in a good long while. I live right near Dairy Queen, but, uh, I've been sort of a what's little, what's her bit, name? Uh, uh, Doug. Uh, anyway, yep. I ate some Dairy Queen. <laughs> Here you go. I'm not even going anywhere. It's a funny thing about the world. Uh, you got rate us on itunes maybe not after this episode but you know at some point <laughs> imagine imagine this was one of our better episodes and then rate us accordingly on itunes uh, leave a review uh talk about it on the facebook or on uh, you know i guess you could send us an ask on tumblr or something although who really if does you can that? figure out how that works i've been on yeah. tumblr for yeah. a year now still can't <laughs> not really clear but anyway yeah um, yell at us on twitter i'm at josh millard uh i'm at griff g-r-i-p-h you know who I am on Metafilter, and and uh, if you do, and if you don't, then you don't care. Yeah, uh, um, same goes for me. I guess. <laughs> I think we should just stop now because we're we're not we're not rallying. So uh, we we've done our duty, no. and uh, you know we'll be back. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll figure out what we haven't really talked about it yet, uh, but we'll watch something. I'm gonna put a little more effort into making sure yeah. the movie we watch is good. Yeah, let's, let's try and watch or, something we want to watch. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, time. I wanted to watch this. Oh, yeah. I, just, yeah. I just didn't want to watch this. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have super high hopes for this, but I had slightly higher hopes, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll pick out. There's there's some good horror movies out there. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. watch something uh, we're interested in seeing for its own sake, and uh, and then yeah, we'll talk to you in a in a fortnight, and uh, and that's that. So uh, yep. thanks for listening, and uh, stay scared. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>